All right. Welcome into the 49th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. All the guys are back again another week going over divisional breakdowns. We're going to be doing the NFC South. We're going to be doing reports from around the realm as well. And if you stay and listen all the way to the end, we're going to be giving away another hint to the jersey. We're giving away on Twitter signed NFL jersey. So if you make it all the way to the end, you'll get another hint and potential free entries into the giveaway at the back end. Again, this episode is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 49 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. It is Wednesday, July 20th, wherever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Pod, Spotify Pod, welcome, welcome in. We have the whole gang, the usual suspects, back for another week. Jace, holding it down in the desert, Max, super producer, up in the land, the mistake on the lake in Cleveland. Gentlemen, how are we doing? (laughs) would be better if you didn't call it the mistake on the lake peter i know you love cleveland i love cleveland for one reason max what is that uh for mitchell's ice cream and for me so two reasons make it two make it two reasons oh man someone must not have had swenson's before because that is uh he's never had swenson's oh swenson's is a is a life-changing uh fast food restaurant if you will it's not it's not even really fast food they they come running right out to your car it's a park and eat kind of thing and Tell you what, moving away from Ohio, losing Swenson's was probably the toughest thing for me. I, I can't tell you how many nights I've woken up in a cold sweat just mm. thinking I was eating a Swenson's galley boy, but to, to find myself empty handed sitting in my bed. And that's a, it's a sad story that I relive all the time. That's Super tragic. producer, have you been to Swenson's? Of course, bro. Swenson's <laughs> is an absolute slapper. And also <laughs> another one that you need to try is... Uh, rosati's yeah is also another slapper rosati's is great i wish all these places uh sponsored the podcast you know maybe swenson's could send me out some frozen bergs and uh rosati's could send their delicacies out to me i mean god ohio's got some good food man super underrated all right enough talk about ohio want to shift to a real major metropolitan area los angeles the all-star game is going on out in la uh, at the time of recording, I think we're going into the seventh inning of the All-Star game. But yesterday's home run derby was a little bit electric, a coming out party of sorts for Julio Rodriguez, somebody Jason and I have been talking about for a couple months now. Uh, really electric young player. Our kind of like little pop culture question that we start off the show with. You had a fantasy football player or any football player in the NFL and your life depended on him winning the home run derby. Who would, who would you have? Ooh. And it's against other other football players, so no mm-hmm. no worry that he's got to go up against Julio or Juan Soto or someone like that. Maybe Pete Alonso. All right, I got the answer. Let's hear it. I'm going with my boy DK. I'm, I'm taking his muscles over everyone's. That's that's a good bet. I I think I was trying to think of you know some big beefy guys. I love my big beefy baseball boys. I was hoping Rowdy Telez would find his way into the home run derby he's a giant human being that looks like he eats about 18 t-bone steaks per night is that the guy from the pirates 
No, he's from the Brewers. Uh, um, Daniel Daniel Vogelbach, I think, is who you're thinking of for the Pirates. He is also a big, beefy baseball boy. I think for me, though, I probably have to go with I, – I don't know. I'm stuck between three guys. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Jameis Winston. All quarterbacks, but all uh, previous baseball experience. And I bet they D1 could one baseball athletes. Yeah, I bet they could get up there and swing it for sure. I think Kyler Murray went three overall for people that don't know that. Seven. seven okay i mean seven yeah. overall to the athletics yeah they could definitely use him right now that, i was just, oh that pick was probably baked in knowing that he was probably gonna play football too that is true i mean that dude he would be electric for baseball his hands and his feet in a, in a baseball atmosphere would be a lot of fun to watch super producer uh yeah i would have to go with miles garrett i feel like that's an easy choice he probably just man doesn't even fit into a suit you think he'll fit into a baseball uniform <laughs> oh not at all but you make the baseball bat look like a toothpick and just smack <laughs> all those homers so no doubt no doubt uh imo in my own opinion i feel like the meme answer is michael jeffrey jordan he's the, he's the greatest of all time why not why not throw him out there uh <laughs> Now I'm a LeBron guy. Uh, Let's go. I am a LeBron guy. But in all honesty, I I think about a a quarterback. I think you kind of have to go quarterback. Just Mm -hmm. guy who's good with his hands, has like kind of baseball background. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, you know, they always talk about his his arm and how he played baseball and he's got the baseball pedigree in him. Sure. I know his father was a pitcher, but maybe that MLB pedigree can kind of step in for one night. Hell yeah. You know, Patrick was playing – baseball growing up and you know his dad was throwing him rock solid bp so he'd get him out there you know in the home run derby these days having a good pitcher it goes a long way ronald acuna really struggled last night because the guy throwing him bp was all over sandy koufax out there good lord dude trying to freaking break his uh break his bat but um julio rodriguez the guy throwing to him was in the same exact spot every pitch and i it goes a long way especially with that timer um Quick, two things, uh, just for the listeners out there, you're not going to hear it because next he's going to cut it out, but Peter forgot who Patrick Mahomes was. <laughs> and, uh, that's probably one of the more sad things that I've heard on the show. He forgot. Sometimes you blank. Sometimes you blank on names. Never on Patrick Mahomes. And two, just for the listeners, Kyler Murray went ninth overall to the athletics. So not ninth seven overall, man, not they third. Could, they could well, use him right. A now. first round pick wasted. Yes. Right. Who, who's more relevant, Cole Strange or Kyler Murray in their respective uh, in their respective sports? <laughs> I don't even know who Cole Strange is. Yeah, I was going to say first round go. pick of the Patriots. Uh, let's go. Kate. That was four four uh, rounds too early. Mm. That is. Uh, oh okay. yeah, I remember that because okay. we were gotcha. all making the joke. That's a strange pick, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously K one. <laughs> All right, we have a great episode for you guys today. We have reports coming back for another week. uh, And then our final divisional breakdown. Uh, Thank you for sticking with us through this. Our final divisional breakdown of the NFC South. Before we get into that, I did want to say a big thank you to our sponsor, our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. Underdog Fantasy lets you draft a season-long best ball team in just seconds. A lot of people, they don't understand what best ball is. And you know what I'm going to say it is? It is stress-free fantasy football. Your draft is key. There's no waivers, no lineup setting. Your highest scoring team automatically gets put into your lineup every single week. So no start-sit decisions. Max, give me your hardest start-sit decision that you got wrong. 
there was one time I was playing Nixie in the playoffs and it was a Monday night and he was down probably around 25 points. Definitely thought I was a okay. And Nixie had Kareem Hunt left, just Kareem Hunt. And I had the Browns kicker at the time who I think, I don't even know who it was. That's how irrelevant he was. <laughs> Um, but if I would have started basically any other kicker, because he had one point, if I would have started basically any other kicker, I would have beat Nick C because I ended up losing by two points. I think Kareem Hunt had a career night of 25 points and lost by two. So I was between him and another kicker. And I was like, you know, I'm going to start the kicker on Monday night, but it's something that will haunt me forever, Peter. So thanks <laughs> for bringing it up. So there it is. Uh, use our code monarchy and get a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Again, use our code MONARCHY and get a free deposit match for up to $100 in bonus cash. With that being said, let's move into reports. For our reports from around the realm section, uh, first and foremost, we wanted to talk about rookie minicamp starting. A lot of teams, just to list a few, Atlanta, Buffalo, Baltimore, Las Vegas, Chargers, Jets, Giants, any in particular rookies that you're going to try to keep an eye on, keep up with the uh, the hype train moving forward through camp? My, I, just the first guy that comes to my mind is honestly Sky Moore. I've seen a lot of hype on him around Twitter. I want to see what he can do at camp and what he can build with, uh, you know, that quarterback Patrick Mahomes. But I don't really buy into the hype that much. And I think you got to be careful because a lot of these windows and they fluctuate, you know, last year, Jamar Chase was dropping balls in preseason and everyone was fading Chase, as Chase would say. Yep. And now, <laughs> now look at him. So just be careful up there. Yeah, I I was literally thinking about this today at work. I was like, I think I'm going to really go into the season believing what I already believe. And I'm going to try my best not to let a lot of these reports um, out of camp affect how I draft and how I trade and how I rank people. But I'm I'm really excited to hear about Drake London. I know he's coming off that big injury. I want to hear how he's recovering, how he's connecting with the quarterbacks, how he's kind of fitting into that Atlanta offense. And I think the biggest one for me is Isaiah Spiller. I think if he's going to have a really good camp, I think that's going to dictate a lot for himself being a 20 year old uh, running back. And for a lot of people is the number one running back in this class before the Brees Hall hype really took off. So I think that one's probably going to be the most interesting one. And I think the biggest trap is going to be the James Cook news out of Buffalo Josh Allen's going to check it down more. James Cook is playing the slot. Like, tread lightly with him. You might be uh, you might be investing in the next Naheem Hines. So be careful. Yeah, for me in particular, somebody that I'm I'm really adamant on hearing about. Uh, I believe in. I was talking to our buddy Steve from FF Faceoff. I want to hear more about how Olave is going to get used. Yeah, that's. I want to know if he's just going to be a burner on the outside, kind of like Marquise Callaway from last year or if they're going to move him in and kind of fill that Michael Thomas role, you know, we know he's not a big body receiver like Michael Thomas, but maybe if he can fit in that slot role, kind of like how Elijah Moore did in those uh, Corey Davis list games last year for the jets uh, just to see what kind of usage and utilization he's going to have in new Orleans. Cause I think that's going to have a big impact on his draft stock. That one is definitely going to be interesting, especially because they added Jarvis Landry and I'm looking up his contract right now, Jarvis, that is. So he just signed a one-year deal. He's an unrestricted free agent uh, this year. I do think the slot is probably Olave's spot moving forward, but with Jarvis there, Jarvis has been the slot king pretty much his entire career. So, you know, maybe we see just a burner kind of year from Olave, and then we got to see how that kind of 
evolves over uh, the next season or two once Jarvis is out of the picture. So that, that one's definitely going to be interesting. How are they going to use him with Jarvis and Michael Thomas on the field? All right, moving forward, let's take a look. J.K. Dobbins says he is a sure thing ready to be week one. Uh, responding to Ian Rappaport, basically trash-talking him uh, <laughs> on NFL Network. What do we think about this? Do you think he's going to be able to come back completely healthy and, and active for week one, or do we think a little bit different? I, I think a little bit different. I, it was more than just an ACL, correct? I think it was a meniscus yep. and also something else. An LCL. And his whole oh. knee fell off and yeah. it was like a Lego piece, like his hip just dislocated and popped in half. Yeah. So, I mean, they're pretty confident in Gus Edwards. They drafted a running back this past year in the draft as well. So I don't think they're going to rush him back. Like Rappaport said, I don't know why he got so offended by it. It's not like Rappaport said, this guy's going to be out like the whole year or anything. He's just going to say, all he said was that they're going to be slow with him and kind of proceed with caution. Uh, but J.K. did not leak like that, and he said he's done being quiet for too long, and he put him in his place. <laughs> J.K., I, uh, as a guy who's had three knee surgeries in my life, sometimes you're just kind of overall frustrated that you're still doing physical therapy and things of that nature. I feel like a little bit of that was involved, where he's just hurt it enough. I'm going to be on the pup. I'm going to be late for week one. I'm going to be late for the start of the season. I feel like that was the final nail in the coffin. Rappaport caught him on a bad day, but I don't know. I feel like ACLs long-term, they don't worry me. LCLs, meniscus, none of that really worries me long-term. But as it pertains to this upcoming season, I do think we probably need to tamper expectations um, with J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards was just a clean ACL, no other ligaments, no other, no meniscus, no cartilage. I think Gus Edwards is extremely undervalued, and I think he's going to play a pretty sizable role. I think this is probably going to be really close to a 50-50 uh, split backfield and I think Gus at the beginning of the season could end up with the 60% of the the snaps and the workload while JK takes a little bit of time to get his motor going I like Gus Edwards when I watch him yeah. play so yeah. so Dobbins really doesn't give me full utilization 24 7 I, I really don't think that he's going to have a massive 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 role in this offense I, I think his peak utilization this upcoming season would be like an AJ Dillon type role where even though he is getting a majority of the, the shares, like uh, not of the shares, the carries in that offense, it's not going to be enough to, to like catapult him into like an elite level prospect or an elite level young star. Yeah. I, I, he doesn't catch passes. Lamar doesn't check it down. And for good reason, he's a freak when he runs the ball, but Gus has been over 700 yards each of his three seasons in the NFL. Not only that, he averages 5.2 yards per attempt on his career, but J.K. Dobbins, his one and only season in the NFL, six yards per attempt. This dude was highly efficient. Gus Edwards was highly efficient. They both split snaps. I think that's really what you're banking on, this offense being good as it's always been and getting in the red zone and being efficient. So if if you're a volume person in football, as you probably should be, neither of these guys are probably safe bets for volume at this point. Moving on, Jimmy G looks like he's fully cleared, yada, yada, yada. I really don't care, but I'll, I'll spread it to the table here. What are we thinking about Jimmy G uh, and his potential return to San Francisco? I don't think he returns to San Francisco. I think he gets traded. Um, I don't for, really know. For a can of corn? Like, what, like what was Baker worth? The round pick, right? I mean, I don't know. I think Jimmy G's 
more proven than Baker. I mean, he's obviously won some Super Bowls in Foxborough. He took his team to the Super Bowl. But one it's throw just, away. It's just a matter of like who's going to trade for him. I heard Seattle will trade for him. They're not going to trade him in division. The Panthers don't need anybody now. The Colts have Matt Ryan. I mean, who? Yeah, I think Seattle's probably the best bet. And it's like, I don't know. How, how bad do you really want Jimmy G? Nick C just threw the Browns into the chat. I could see that, but it's like they're still taking on half of Baker's salary. They just paid Jacoby. And I know they kind of backloaded uh, Deshaun's deal, but it's still, I don't know. Are they really going to roster all those quarterbacks and put all those assets in a quarterback? I, I low key think he stays. And it's just going to be narrative season all year long with the 49ers. And I think they're going to end up starting Trey Lance. And if he fizzles out, they probably got the best backup in the entire league. So if they keep him, I, I don't think it's the worst thing for their organization. If they want to take that team to the playoffs, Jimmy G is a great safety valve uh, to carry out that plan. If Trey Lance doesn't work out. All right, moving on. One last thing, Sean Payton is hinting a return at the NFL uh, to sideline and to coach in the future. No hint on a specific team, but he said there's no way to predict who that club might be, quote-unquote. Uh, we know Jerry's uh, drooling at the mouth just hearing this. What do you guys think about Sean Payton and his potential return back to the NFL? The Cowboys, they love their, uh, their old out-of-prime coaches. You know, Mike McCarthy, get Sean Payton in there. Could be, uh, I mean, I think anyone's better than Mike McCarthy at this point, but I think Sean Payton, I don't know how old he is, but he obviously still has some more time left to coach. Pete Carroll's older than Dirt. He's still coaching. Belichick's been up there. So I think if Payton finds the right system and the right, like he's not going to just go to like a rebuilder like the Lions or anything like that. He's going to go to a team that's ready to win and that he can step in and prove that he can win. All right. Let's, before we move into the divisional breakdown, do we have any Twitter questions? Yes. Oh, go ahead, Max. We, we, we have a couple. Uh, the, the first one actually was brought to me at work, and they said, who is going to be this year's Cooper Cup? Who's uh, going to be close, I guess? Uh, I could see Cooper Cup repeating. I, I, and I'm not a big, like, you know, XYZ player is going to repeat. I thought Derrick Henry was washed once he had a, one really good year. I just said, you know, no way he can do that again, and he's done that for three years in a row now. Um. So You're warming up on Cooper Cup, Peter. I, I've been feeling that over you the past yeah. couple of weeks. Uh, I feel like if the situation's right, nobody can can beat him. Like if that offense stays the same and it's another year of Stafford being adjusted to the offense, he might have like a more efficient year, less touchdowns, but more like yardage. So sure. I think Cooper Cup could quite potentially break it again. But if you're looking for like a deep sleeper. I think T Higgins is, is one of those guys that could probably do it with chase going to be getting double team more and more highlights and uh, more attention brought to him. I think T Higgins could definitely fill that role. I like yeah. They're, they're thinking more like later round, not like mid to late round kind of where Cooper cup was valued last year. Now look at him like who can make that jump into that top tier. I, I will say, this podcast, we liked both wide receivers from the Rams, but I feel like primarily this was a Cooper Cup podcast over Robert Woods last season. And I think if you're listening, that that worked out pretty well for you. I know I was a big advocate for Cooper Cup, but I think this year it's Hollywood Brown, man. I, I'm really excited for him. I think, I mean, 
people were comparing uh, comparing him to Jerry Rice and uh, Joe Montana back when it was Lamar and Hollywood and Baltimore, but now it's his college teammate Kyler Murray, who Nixie uh, revealed to me the other day was the lowest amount of bad passes, or he was top five in that category, uh, the lowest. He percentage. didn't make mistakes. Did doesn't make mistakes. He's a great deep ball thrower, and we've already seen Kyler Murray support a top five season from DeAndre Hopkins in the past. No D hop for the first six games. Okay, that's going to be smash season for Hollywood. But even when D hop gets back, there's going to be no D double team in Marquise Brown. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, he might demand some targets. But the last time we saw D hop, he was an absolute shell of himself, wasn't demanding the targets, wasn't demanding the volume. I think Hollywood's got a very Tyreek Hill esque season in him. And I, I think he's a value right now and someone I want everywhere that I'm playing fantasy football, redraft, dynasty, best ball, whatever it is. But with that being said, let's get into the divisional breakdown. All right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints, Atlanta Falcons, and Carolina Panthers round out the NFC South. One of probably the worst two divisions in football. Of course, Tom Brady ends up finding his way there. Yeah. I think in like 30 years, that's going to be the argument. You know, they say, oh, Michael Jordan played against plumbers. Magic Johnson played against plumbers. They're going to say Tom Brady played with the Jets and the Bills and the Dolphins yeah. and then moved to the NFC South. He never had to compete for his life in the division. Um, but who do you guys think runs away with the division this year? I, I think it's a pretty simple answer from all of us. It's a little bit more straightforward. I think I could speak for us all when we all say the Bucks. Yes. I was just, it's too hard to pick against Tom. I wanted to pick the Panthers and be different. No Bakers, homers. I wanted to pick Baker and be like, oh, Baker's going to have a comeback here. The Panthers got a good team, but I just, I can't pick against Tom and Bruce Arians and that defense and that offense. Bruce that Arians, he's still there? The oh, whatever. The ghost of Bruce Arians. The ghost of Bruce Dude, Arians. You know what? Bruce Arians is in the front office. All right. All right. You know, That's he's still around. Mean. They run into him in the parking lot on their way into the building. He's like, yeah, get, get it together. Let's go. Lenny, lose some weight. But uh, <laughs> I think the only other team in this division that could compete is the New Orleans Saints. But it's all – there's a lot of unknown factors. Jameis, how's he's, how is he going to recover from the ACL surgery? How is Michael Thomas going to recover? What's Olave actually like? Does Jarvis still have it left? And then is Alvin Kamara going to get like a full game – or a full season suspension? Is he going to get six to eight games? There's just – so many unknowns, but, um, you know, Tom lost a lot of weapons. He's losing Chris Godwin for a good portion of the season. I've heard he might be ready for week one. I highly doubt that Gronk just retired. Lenny's fat. I mean, <laughs> there's, a... <laughs> I love how, I love how it's all like, you know, this guy, like, you know, tore his meniscus, this guy, yeah. you know, did this, 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 and that, oh, this guy's fat. Yeah. Lenny was eating the Swensons. He spent too much time in Ohio eating galley boys and uh, he put it on. So yeah, no, but you just can't bet against Tom. You really can't. Dude, he went from Barry Sanders to Eddie Lacy in <laughs> <Yeah>. one offseason. <laughs> Facts. All right. So we all have the Bucks winning division, but now we're going to move into our positional breakdown. For any of those that haven't listened to this point, we're taking every single fantasy position. So quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And we're going to break down who we think is the top finisher at those positions per the division. I think all of us have... Tom Brady finishing as the quarterback one. I feel like we can do a little bit of analysis on this, but let's hear some outside chance, guys. Let's say Tom gets hurt or X, Y, Z happens. 
you know, that, that did cross my mind, especially when I was picking wide receivers. It's like, what happens if Tom gets hurt? Um, but I think I got to go with Baker. And I know you're going to give me a hard time. Like he's my outside pick here. I think it's just more of the chip on his shoulder. He's been doubted. He has the weapons to succeed. I mean, not that he didn't in Cleveland, but with CMC and DJ Moore. And I think Terrence Marshall has a big year as well. You never really know what he could do. I'm not picking Mariota or Ritter. And I just don't trust famous Jameis. So I'm going to go with Baker. But Tom, you can't bet against him. I know Chris Godwin's out for a little bit there. Loves to dump it off to Lenny. You know, Lenny can't run very far, as we mentioned. So he won't be going far there. Yeah, I think it's got to be Tom. I mean, the dude over the past two seasons threw 43 touchdowns last year, 40 the year prior. His touchdown rate over the past two seasons, 6.6 in 2020 and 6 flat in 2021. So the dude's an absolute animal. Mike Evans is his go-to in the red zone. Cameron Brait is also a go-to for him in the red zone. I know he doesn't get the job done for fantasy, but professionally, more often than not, gets the job done. I think Tom's got it locked down. But for me, it's going to be famous Jameis. He's just got, you know, maybe Michael Thomas comes back healthy. Jarvis has got some juice left. And Chris Olave was regarded by some as the best wide receiver in this class. Maybe he steps right up and uh, has a really good year. And maybe they miss Alvin Kamara for the first six to eight weeks. And Jameis is going to have to air it out like he did in Tampa. And uh, maybe we see some fantasy goodness from him uh, himself. So James will be my sleeper pick. Yeah. James is my sleeper pick too. Again, I mentioned, I was talking to uh, Steve from FF face off today. He gave me some insight from what he's hearing about Jameis from everything that he's hearing from the new Orleans beat reporters down there. Jameis is working on his 15 to 25 yard intermediate throws a little bit more knowing and anticipating that Michael Thomas is going to be back. You know, he's never been a efficient thrower of the football from that like 10 to 25 yard range. He was always just a better, you know, chuck it deep and just pray kind of guy. (laughs) Um, So if he's able to stay a little bit more efficient in that short game and, you know, instead of throwing, 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions if he can make a 34 touchdowns 20 interceptions and like more yards over the middle then I, I think he can have a pretty good outside chance to finish as a quarterback one in the division and again that is assuming that something happens in Tampa I mean we saw a lot of efficiency from Jameis in a very small sample size but last year he was at an 8.7 touchdown percentage um appearing in seven games starting in seven games we all know he got hurt and blew out his acl but uh, i mean i forget the exact yardage and stats i think it was like 150 yards and five touchdowns or like 200 yards and five touchdowns in one game or something like so if he can be accurate he's got a lot of weapons to do some damage so um i can i can see it and you know i said it before tom lost he's lost some pretty important pieces um, maybe that team is going to be better, but maybe Jameis is going to be more efficient when out. I, I could see it. I could. All right. One final question on the quarterbacks. Something I saw like floating around on Twitter. When you're looking at Atlanta, somebody has to play quarterback every week. Obviously there's Desmond Ritter argument. There's Marcus Mariota argument. Mariota's the, the, what everybody knows he's the, the known commodity, but uh, they're going to have to assess Ritter moving forward before next year's draft. Most likely in a super flex league where, you know, quarterbacks are coming at a premium and not every team is going to have a good amount of backups, which one would you rather bet on if you had a draft? I'd rather bet on Ritter just because they spent a third round draft pick on him. 
I, I think they both have the same rushing upside. I almost like Mariota's rushing upside a little bit more, but I like Ritter and he's pocket presence, I guess you could say, and just the draft capital that they invested in him. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to go with Ritter as well. I think Mariota is just kind of a Band-Aid right now until Ritter gets gets fully going. And in college, in Cincinnati, they're running a very pro-style offense. That's what I've heard from a lot of scouts. I've heard from a lot of GMs around the league. Uh, in the Twitter sphere, I mean, the dude played in a really sophisticated system. So if he can carry that on over, he's definitely got a chance. But, you know, Atlanta's going to be terrible. They're going to be probably in the range for a top five pick uh, – as things stand right now. So they got to see what they have in Desmond Ritter, who they just signed for the next four years. Maybe he's going to be a backup for the next four years, but if he ends up going crazy and that pro style offense transfers over and his rushing ability, his passing ability, all that transfers over, maybe they just got an absolute steal in the third round with Desmond Ritter and they won't have to go after CJ Stroud or one of those quarterbacks. So I would go with Ritter. I think he's going to have a lot of fantasy value, especially in the second half after that bye week. Moving on to running back, believe it or not, when we were recording this, completely forgot about the segment because, you know, who else is going to finish as the number one running back in the division? It's CMC, but if, if it's not Christian McCaffrey like all of us have here, are we looking at Lenny, you know, the new uh, one-ton man down in, down in Tampa Bay, or who are we looking for? No, I mean, if it's not – if it's not CMC, if he gets hurt, you know, he's made a glass. I would bet on Kamara, but, you know, he can get suspended. Lenny's one ton. Atlanta doesn't even have a running back. So it really is a crapshoot. But I'd probably put my money on Kamara just because he's done it year in and year out. And even with a suspension, it's what, six games. Christian McCaffrey, if he gets hurt, we'll miss more than that. I'll take Kamara over him. Yeah, I, I think Lenny's the only competition. And Lenny, we just tweeted out stats about yards per carry Lenny's yards per carry this past season was uh, it was all right 4.5 I thought actually I thought he was one of the lower guys 4.5 on him pretty good the biggest thing that keeps Lenny alive are those targets 84 targets from Tom Brady last year 69 receptions very very nice um you know the big thing that could really hurt him is if Rashad White steps in and starts catching passes like they wanted Gio Bernard to do last year um, but Tom is a big trust guy, just like Aaron Rodgers and a lot of these veteran quarterbacks. doesn't matter how fat Lenny is. Tom trusts him. Um, I, I think he's going to get a lot of targets, but I, I, I want to touch on CMC. If I'm going for it right now, I mean, late pause, but I do want to touch on CMC. There's a <laughs> pause right there. <laughs> CMC is a freaking beast. Absolute cheat code. We were talking about Kyle Pitts being a cheat code. CMC when healthy is an absolute cheat code. I want to go back to his last healthy season in 2019. Listen to this stat line. 16 games, 287 rush attempts, 1,387 yards, 15 rushing touchdowns. All right. Then from the receiving side, 142 targets, 116 receptions, 1,005 yards, four receiving touchdowns i mean oh that is God. like are you kidding me like uh running back struggle to put up his rushing numbers and receivers struggle to put up his wide his receiving numbers so the dude is the only guy i know that can on any given week not score a touchdown and finish number one overall at his respective position if you're going for it go get this man work it however you can if you have javonta williams on your team and you have to do it straight up 
if I'm going for it, flags fly forever, go get CMC, do it straight up and go win a championship because his injuries are not concerning. They're fluky. They're non-related. Go get CMC. He is the best player in fantasy. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more, Jason, you know, Nixie, I know you have him and you're going for a championship. Peter, I know you and Nixie are competing. I think that if Nixie was to beat you, I think it will be on the heels of CMC just dominating week in and week out. I mean, when he was healthy, even last year, he was putting up 25, 30 points a game. I mean, the guy is an absolute cheat, like Jay said. So I, if I'm competing, he's the one person. I, I want him and I want Aaron Jones. Those are the two guys I want. Yep. Aaron Jones is a great uh, option. I was trying to pull up CMC's points per game. 15.6 in half point PPR, but very, very, very limited and also very, very limited amount of touchdowns. Only had one touchdown on the ground and one receiving touchdown. The team was terrible. I believe the Panthers threw 14 touchdowns last year. You know, if they're not throwing a bunch of touchdowns, you know they're not getting into the red zone and scoring a bunch of rushing touchdowns. I don't have that in front of me. But the dude is still top five running back without the touchdowns which is you can't say that about anyone I don't know if we've ever said that about anyone in the past in fantasy football so I do have a question for you guys we got the Atlanta running backs who we didn't mention but they got on their active depth chart they got Cordero Patterson as RB1 Damian Williams Tyler Algier and Quadre Allison Nick C what, what are your honest thoughts on Cordero? Because I know you're currently rostering him right now. What do you think he's going to be able to produce this season? Do you think we maybe see a little bit of that magic we saw last year? And then for you other guys, do we have any interest in a Tyler Algier for a third round rookie pick? Or, I mean, he might even be sitting out there on your waiver wire right now. Do you have any interest in him um, or any of these Atlanta running backs just to roster and see what happens? Yeah, at least for me, like, in terms of Cordero, when I got him, like I knew I was going to try and go in and compete this year. Um, I think I ended up only trading like Dearness Johnson and a third round pick for him. Yeah. And garbage. yeah, I mean, going into it, it, I was looking at him as kind of like that positional advantage because at the time he had the sleeper dual eligibility. And so I was really looking for that. Like, I was like, Oh, that's, that's great. Like that'll help my team out a ton. So they actually changed him to, just a running back, which I don't know. I feel like it could get reverted, but as a competitor, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely willing to take, put him on my roster at cost. I mean, cause it, it was absolute dirt just to get him and like, who knows? I mean, even if he gives just a little bit of what he showed last season, I mean, that could help me out and win me a week, maybe on a bye week or something like that. So I think he could be a good piece for a competitor, even though there are some reports that he's not going to get the full workload like he did last season. I do. Uh, I want to scrap the question I proposed to Peter and Max about rostering these guys. I Even if you're interested, they're going right onto your taxi if they're young enough to do so. So I, I think we can probably answer that question. But I want to give you some over-unders for you guys. Rush attempts for Cordero Patterson. He had 153 last season. Does he go over or under that? under I, I worry about his health more than anything yeah I, I think he goes under it I think it's more likely for him to play safety on this team than to go over that number <laughs> all right fair fair enough so he scored six rushing touchdowns do you think he goes over or under that I'm gonna go under as well I just I don't think last year he had a very good career year I think he's a solid piece to have and for a plug and play on bye weeks and stuff his bye weeks week 14 um so that uh, that helps out but I'm gonna go under Okay. Then I go under two. Okay. 
There you go. I figured that much. I got one final one for you guys. He had 69 targets last year. Nice. Super nice. Super nice. In 2016, he had 70. In 2014, he had 67. In 2013, he had 77. So he's been around and over that number a couple times. Do you think he goes over or under 69 targets with Marcus Mariota slash Desmond Ritter? I I do think over. I think they're they're young quarterbacks. They're not, not experienced, I guess you could say. They'll be looking for the check down. Can I be a fence sitter and say 69 on the nose? I'm down for that. 69 is the only yeah. number you can fence sit on. That is <laughs> That works for me. I think he's going to be uh, either above five or below five. I think that's a good line for him. If I, I was a Vegas you know, sports line maker. I don't think he has top 12 upside this year, but I think he definitely has top 24 upside. Okay. If yeah, everything goes right again. That, that's what I was going to ask. Like, is he going to end up being fantasy relevant week to week? And which usually means top 24 at the end of the season. So Peter says, yes, Max, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think just uh, right around that range, Bar- barring injury, if everything goes well for him, I think just around that 24 range. Yeah. Last one, Mark Ingram steps in to start for the first six weeks of the season. Cordero Patterson is starting running back for Atlanta. Who would you rather have? Which 30 year old? Mark. Mark. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Ah, uh, no, I'd rather have Cordero. Okay, okay, Nick C. I got to get your input on this one as the Cordero owner. Are you saying like season long or just in those six games? Just in those six games. That's tough, man. I mean, I would probably say Mark Ingram. Okay, all right. So for all you best ballers out there, I'm, I don't have it right in front of me, but I can almost guarantee Mark Ingram is probably going later than Cordero Patterson while the Alvin Kamara stuff is actually in the air right now. Don't have it right in front of me. Don't quote me, but. Maybe there's a little bit of value for similarly aged guys with decent opportunities. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. Last year's number one wide receiver in the division was Michael Evans, I believe. Ooh, Michael Evans. I know, he's professional now. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Mike Evans. Michael Evans and William Fuller. They're going to a fancy dinner together in suits. Yes. No, they're going to go eat sushi uh, and like eat with their chopsticks and like not be like confident with them, but like force themselves (laughs) to do it while wearing suits. And just like, I can see the business dinner, like right in front of my eyes. Yes, sir. Sipping sake. Yeah. Just like, oh, this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Wow. Warm liquor. How about that? Um, But no, moving forward into this year, I think that there is a real question between the number one and number two and number three. Uh, I feel like a lot of people can have them be interta- interchangeable. Um, and, and I'm going to pick one that isn't going to have a top efficient quarterback. So I'd like to hear from both of you. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll go first. I feel like mine's kind of the most out there and I, I put Michael Thomas. I know we're going to talk to uh, Michael Evans here when Jace talks, but I really do believe in this guy's skill set and his talent. And I kind of really forgot about like what Jameis could do just because he's been out these past two seasons, but just three years ago, I know it's like a long time, but he was the quarterback for, I get this is more of a Michael Thomas argument here. And this is the same thing with him. I mean, guys like Christian McCaffrey, they get written off, you know, two years, two injuries, and they are still valued at this high coveted dynasty asset. And he's a running back. Whereas I get Michael Thomas age isn't most ideal. He's 29 but he's only been in the league for six years. I mean, Mike Evans has been in the league for longer than him. And we forget when he was healthy just three seasons ago, 2019. I, I hate saying three seasons ago because it feels like forever. <laughs> he was the number one guy. I mean, he was literally taken in our dynasty draft 103 overall. 
But I mean, six foot three, I think if he could get healthy, I, I really, I really think he can finish as the top wide receiver in the division with Jameis just not giving a flying damn and chucking the ball up there. All right, Chase. I like the Michael Thomas one. I do think there's probably some resurgence uh, season inbound. I think a lot of people have kind of, including myself at times have been like, all he ever did was run slants for Drew Brees, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. But I was listening to my boy, Jacob Gibbs, who is a uh, writer for Sportsline. He comes on the CBS podcast every once in a while. I believe he's at J-A underscore Gibbs on Twitter. Just look up J- Jacob Gibbs. And if you're on the fantasy football uh, sphere, he will definitely pop right up for you. But he talked a lot about how Michael Thomas really doesn't just run slants. His route trees a lot deeper than you would actually think. And Jameis is a guy who throws the ball a lot deeper. Um, well, not than you think. We all know him to chuck it deep. So there could be a connection there for sure. But for me, I got to rock with Mr. Consistency. Peter, I know you're right behind me. You love consistency more than anyone I know. Mike Evans, his entire career, he's never been under 1,000 yards, even as a rookie in 2014. Not only that, the, the touchdowns are insane. 14 last year, 13 the year prior, eight the year prior to that. He put up 12 touchdowns as a rookie. This man knows how to get it done. He has a true nose for the end zone. Now we're talking Chris Godwin's going to be on the pine to start things off. Russell Gage, sure, he's going to be there, but this is Russell Russell Gage we're talking about. I mean, if you're picking one guy to throw it to in the red zone, it's going to be Mike Evans over Russell Gage. Gronk is gone. I mean, I think the touchdown upside's there. I, You know he's going to get the yardage like he always does. Injury is the only thing standing in Mike Evans' way at this point. I love Mike Evans. Yes. And I want to hear Max's argument to what I'm about to say here. I think I've kind of fused both of you guys. My, Max is going for the upside. You're going for the consistency. I'm going for consistent upside. Okay. Can anybody out there guess who I'm going with? DJ Moore. Probably that bomb, DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Let's go. Let's go. We know what he is. We know what he is. Is this correct? Thousand yards and four touchdowns. Obviously not enough. Eleven hundred yards and four touchdowns. Eleven hundred yards and four touchdowns every year. I want him this upcoming season to eclipse eight touchdowns, which I know is in his arsenal. It's in his bag of tricks. Yep. I know it is somewhere in there. It hasn't happened, but it's in his bag of tricks. If he can do that. I, I think he's at least right up there with Mike Evans. Plus, in a dynasty format, I know that's not particularly what we're talking about right now, but in a dynasty format, I would obviously rather have DJ Moore over Mike Evans, even if I am a competitor. Another little stat I stumbled upon, Mike Evans is actually younger than Michael Thomas, which feels that's weird. Crazy. Michael Thomas didn't debut until 2016. Mike Evans has been around since 2014 as a 21-year-old, so – that, that just kind of blew my mind right there. But I, I like the DJ Moore pick a lot. It's just Jason Moore from the fantasy footballers. One of his biggest things to remember is that mediocre quarterbacks aren't the South more often than not. I'm not saying DJ Moore is going to do 1,100 yards and four touchdowns again. I probably see six to eight touchdowns. I don't know if I see more than eight. But – you know, if we're talking overall fantasy points, I think touchdowns are going to be a big deciding factor. And, you know, the weekly bet on Mike Evans to score Tutty is almost free money with as many touchdowns as he's scored over the past two seasons. So that's why he's got my vote. But if DJ Moore does it, I won't be mad. I won't be mad. I'm heavily invested in him. 
Great. Any yeah. chance Drake London can kind of slide into that old Michael Thomas role, just out of necessity, big body over the middle and kind of compete for the number one? No, I, I don't think with Pitts there. And I also don't think with the uncertainty at quarterback, I don't think this season, I think obviously in the off season, if they go out and they get a guy like Stroud or young or one of these guys, I think Drake London could definitely be the number one receiver in this division, but not this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I do see the touchdown upside though. He, everyone and their brother compared Drake London to Mike Evans coming out of college. We're talking about Mike Evans right here, massive touchdown upside. Drake London knows how to separate when it counts. So I, I could see it maybe, but I would give it a less than 10% chance with the competition he has in the division. All right. Any last touching point on the wide receivers? Yeah, I just, I don't understand like as a competitor, Peter, why you would still choose DJ Moore just because I feel like I get he's safe. I don't even want to say safe. He's, he's just, he's so average. He's middle of the pack, especially if you play in half point PPR, he's like eight points to 10 points. Like, yeah, I, I want that from a flex, but if you're going to get DJ Moore and you're going to have to pay the price, I mean, you, I'm not going to, well, I'm not saying price, price adjusted. I'm just saying in, in a world I'd rather have, I don't care whether, whether I'm a rebuilder or a competitor, I'd rather have the younger guy than the older guy who's going to put up, I think this upcoming season, a, a similar season. Yeah. I mean, DJ Moore ranked sixth in the NFL and targets last season with 163 one target behind Stefan Diggs and four more than Tyreek Hill, um, six more than Keenan Allen, who we just know is an absolute PPR monster. Shout out to my boy, Marquise Brown, 146, ranked 10th in the NFL. I wanted to bring that back real quick, but I, you know, the volume is there for him. If Baker can be efficient can, and he can return to that 2019 form. I mean, I can see it. Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, these guys are old. I mean, we don't want to bake injuries into things, but that is well within the realm of possibilities for both of those guys. So Peter, in a year's time, I think we could be saying you are right. This one out. All right, let's move into tight ends, uh, tight ends in the division, big hitters, Kyle Pitts. And now that Gronk's gone, it's just about Kyle Pitts. So <laughs> anybody else out there have a bold take? saying it's not going to be Mr. Pitts to uh, finishes the tight end one. No, I, I won't even go there. Max, you just made a big trade this week. I, I did. I, I think that's more interesting to talk about than me talking about Adam Troutman or, I mean, I don't even know who the tight end is in Carolina these days. If it's Ian Thomas. Tommy Tremble. Tommy Tremble, man. Oh, Tommy. Tr I should have remembered that name, but I did. I traded, uh, I traded Jace. Oh, yeah. And Jace had Kyle Pitts on his team for a little bit there, and he would not give him up for anything less than a lot. We'll just yeah. put it at that. And, you know, I had three 23 firsts, one of which being my own, one of which being Nick C's, and then one being Kevin's. And I kind of figured it like, you know, one early first, one mid first, one late first. I can get first back later on. I don't know if I could ever get Pitts again. Jace used great urgency there just to get the number one tight end in dynasty for the next 10, 11 years to come with his upside and his age, I couldn't pass it up. And I was like, you know, I'd rather just lock that position in. I'm sure I'll trade him with before 2022 is over, but it's uh, it's fun to have him on your team. It really is. Oh, Max, Max I want to, before we move to Jace's comment on it, I want to have an inter intervention with you one of these days. You, 
you just trade too much. And I don't want to see your teams just fall into nothing because of it. If you're, I am openly admitting to being an addict of trades. <laughs> I sit on that app a lot and I literally just search all day for trades to make. Mm-hmm. And I just, I send them out, but I, I won my championship. I'm pretty content for the next one to two years with just rebuilding, getting that depth, getting that star power. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. We can go to TAA for you. <laughs> a trade uh, anonymous. Trade addicts anonymous. All right. yeah. I, 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 I should honestly probably go to that. Yep. You will be uh, the leader of that club for sure. But hey, keeps our league interesting. It keeps the dynasty. Definitely keeps it interesting. interesting. I just recently acquired CD Lamb from Max and I sent over Cortland Sutton, Terry McLaurin, and a mid to back in 23 first, depending on how things go. And I thought my team was set. I was looking at T. Higgins, Kyle Pitts, C.D. Lamb, Chris Olave, Marquise Brown, and D.J. Moore, my own 23 first, which is going to be relatively early. I thought I was set. And then Max hit me with a deal I couldn't resist. Um, you know, for me, I think Kyle Pitts is, I mean, it's tough to compete with him. I think if I'm doing a startup, Nick C's probably got a lot of contention with this. Peter, you, you might too. You I haven't heard much about what you say. But, you know, if Kyle Pitts hits – the dude's just going to be an absolute cone. Hit code. like a Mack truck. Oh my God. It's going to be, it's going to be unfair. He'll probably just like, I bet if he hits, I bet 75% of teams that roster him end up winning fantasy championships. Like Whoa. The advan- I, I wouldn't doubt it. Cause like he could be a 13 to 14 target per game kind of guy. I mean, that sounds like a lot, but our top end wide receivers that we love, they hit those numbers and Kyle Pitts is more of a wide receiver than a tight end. He's a cheat code getting that tight end uh, position on sleeper ESPN or Yahoo or underdog, wherever you play. But for me, it's like this year's not going to be the year. I am not in on him this upcoming season. He was actually part of my tank plan, uh, you know, modified tank, if you will. And I just don't think he's going to score many points with Mariota. They're going to have to, you know, draft a quarterback or Desmond Ritter is going to work out, even if that's the case. It's going to take a year or two until they actually connect and can put up that fantasy goodness we actually want. So for me, it was like 23, 23 first, which people value like gold, especially my boy, Nick C. Oh my e. John God. Robinson is in the conversation. You, you might get someone's entire roster on your team if you want. So I couldn't deny the assets. It hurt giving them up. But if you're a super deep rebuilder like Max is right now, Kyle Pitts is the one guy you want to build around because like I said, cheat code for years to come. Yeah, I just wanted to lock in that tight end position. Like I was searching long and far for a tight end. And it's like, what, like three days. <laughs> I mean, dude, Peter, that's a long time for me to search. I mean, he was, he's been searching the day since he gave me pits. Yeah. I, Cooper I, really, Cup over to him. I really have. And, you know, Peter, you have Mark Andrews, he's 26 years old and yeah, it's, it's not, it's a decent age, but you still want, I mean, you value him just as high, honestly, you'd still want two firsts and, I'd rather pay that extra first. It's going to be back end probably and get five years younger and just upside, you know? So, but no behind like Andrews, like I don't want Kittle. I don't want Waller. And to secure that tight end position, it just, I sleep well at night. I really do. I, I also think Drake London's never going to be a pure target getter. I mean, Peter, you've said it from the get go. He's a contested catch guy. And I said at the beginning, he knows how to con- – Yeah, he knows he's an athletic to- finisher. He, he's like a shooting guard. He's like a – he's not – he's a non-shooting shooting guard. He's like a slasher in NBA. Yeah, no doubt. He's like a Michael K. Gilchrist from Kentucky. That man could – He's a, 
couldn't yeah. shoot for his life, but he could cut behind someone and lay he's, one in back door for sure. He's like a taller John. He's like what Ben Simmons was promised to be. No, exactly. Exactly. So Drake London knows how to separate at the right time. Sure. He might kind of, uh, you know, scalp some touchdowns from Kyle Pitts in the near future, but the main target getter, unless they draft Jackson Smith and the Jigba or some freak uh, wide receiver, it's going to be Kyle Pitts. And, you know, if it's going to be him, CJ Stroud or Will Levis or Bryce, young in the future you got yourselves a really nice connection that's just going to win you leaks um for years and years to come so max worthy investment and also if you looked at max's roster right now you'd be like man this guy he shot himself in both feet he's not going anywhere but max is the one guy i know that can turn a cloud of dust just a, a bag of farts into a bag of gold in no time. The man can just wizard his way through trades like no one I've ever seen. So a bag of farts. Yeah. I, in, I about, do, I, in about three weeks, he'd probably be competing for the title. Yeah. You never know. My pick is always uh, fluctuating, but I, I do appreciate that. And I mean, when you look at my roster, just for listeners, just we'll keep it short here. I mean, I have DK Waddle Pitts and Jameson Williams to have those four guys all under the age of 23, 24 years old, maybe DK is, I mean, I, I can't argue with that. I just, I can't, you know? Yep. Yep. Hey, so. sometimes you got to pay up, man. And you did. And if you feel confident in your ability to, uh, you know, make trades and to oh. take high end assets and turn them into depth of lower end assets uh, with upside like Max's, I mean, go make your move. All right, I think that's going to wrap up our divisional breakdown. Um, before we send everybody on their merry way, we did want to tease the jersey. So this week's hint for the jersey, it's coming up. If you haven't seen the other hints, go check on Twitter. If you do have the correct guess in the comments section, we're giving away extra entries into the contest. Uh, we've already given away two signed jerseys, one being Terry Kill Chiefs while he was still on the Chiefs for the Super Bowl, and then one being Jalen Waddle. This week's hint for the running back is that this running back had over 900 yards, scrimmage yards on the ground this past season. So 900 or more scrimmage yards on the ground this past season in 2021. We're giving away a signed NFL jersey, as Peter just mentioned. And you guys spoke. We listened. It's going to be running back. They've gone over 900 yards in 2021 uh, on the ground. And, uh, yeah, hit us with your guesses. We're going to tweet out that hint. It's Cordero. It's Cordero. <laughs> if, uh, if you guys do guess correctly, you're not going to know. If you guess incorrectly, you're not going to know. But we are, we promise, keeping a running tally of those who have correct guesses and the equivalent amount of free entries that you guys get. And I think for this one, what, what are you guys thinking about seven free entries for this one? Yeah, we, we're definitely limiting it. We're, we're starting to wane down on it. We'll say seven, seven free entries on this one. If you get it correct, follow us on Twitter at dynasty monarchy to comment in, underneath the post and get those free entries. Yep, absolutely. And, we're trying to pump out a bunch of content for you guys, a lot of stats, a lot of polls, um, different open-ended things. And each week we put out a tweet asking what you guys want to hear about. If there's anything specific you guys want to hear about, it doesn't matter if we're talking about the NFC South, second round draft capital guys, um, rookie drafts, whatever we're talking about. It does not matter. Whatever you guys need help with, we want to be a tool for you. 
reach out to us, either tweet at us or DM us. That's the best way to get a hold of us. And we're going to put it on the show and we'll have it right here for you guys to listen. We'll make it a priority. So please reach out, please follow. Um, like we've said a thousand times, we really, really do want to be a tool for you guys to dominate your leagues and rule your leagues for years to come. All right. With that being said, again, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Subscribe to us on Apple Pod, Spotify Pod, however you get your podcasts. And be good. Be good out there. Enjoy the week. Do what you can. Take a moment. Take a deep breath because rookie mini camp starting. Regular camp is going to start. Oh, yeah. And you are going to get overwhelmed with all the hype train. So get a namaste moment before all of it starts. We're, we're at the top of the roller coaster right now. It's all yeah. downhill from here. <laughs> here we go. All right. Peace out, everyone. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>